In March of 2022, our family was forced to evacuate from Ukraine. We have served as missionaries in Lviv for over 20 years, and now, like so many others, we find ourselves suddenly displaced from our home, our church, and our precious Ukrainian friends. But despite the shock of evacuation, God is opening doors and leading us step by step down this new path. Our purpose is to bless and minister to Ukrainians affected by the war. Come with us as we share our stories, striving to serve God, bless people, and praying that someday soon, this journey will lead us back to our beloved Ukraine. Hello, everyone. Joshua and Kelsey here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Journey to Ukraine podcast. Uh, We're sorry for the long delay. I know it's been a while since we did an episode. Um, As you might guess, uh, we've not just been sitting around. We have had a lot going on. And um, it turns out the time just flies. And you think, wow, didn't we just do an episode? And whoa, it's been a couple of weeks. So um, as we dive in here, just do a few things to start off with. First of all, Um, I want to just uh, stress again that the war in Ukraine is continuing. Um, Like we said last time, it may not be the top item on your news feed, but it is by no means lessening. There are terrible losses that we're reading about uh, in terms of uh, both civilian life and uh, soldiers on the front to casualties. Hundreds and hundreds every day, sometimes maybe as much as a thousand a day are being lost in places like the Donbass. So please continue praying. Please continue listening, being involved where you can. This is this is an ongoing crisis and um, we, we don't have any light at the end of the tunnel yet. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example of that, just this morning, there was a major missile attack across most of the country. It's common when these when these air raids come um, for the entire map of Ukraine to be lit up. Some of you may have seen this website we have linked to before that shows the air alerts in different regions in Ukraine. And it's common to see the whole map light up. But largely, that's because they don't always know where the missiles are headed. And so they want to warn mostly everybody. But today, there were actually attacks hitting in lots of these places. In particular, there were at least 15, possibly more, missile hits in residential areas in Kiev, the capital. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not happened in a while. That was really sad. Um, In fact... When this was when this was really picking up speed, uh, I was at church this morning and I was sitting with a group of Ukrainians translating, and I noticed that a woman in front of me was crying, one of the Ukrainian ladies, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, her husband wasn't there that day, t- today, and but her daughter was, and so I just put my hand on her shoulder and re- leaned forward and said, "Hey, are you okay?" And she showed me her phone where she was getting the notifications like we do about the missile missile strikes, but in her case, it was a notification for the city that she's from, mm. which is Cherkasy. That was one of the places that sustained a lot of hits. Right. And um, as I looked at my own notifications, I began to realize that this strike was of a greater magnitude than ones we've seen in, in past weeks that, were, that tend to be in more isolated areas. And it was extremely difficult to focus on translating the church service and going forward yeah. when we who were either Ukrainian or from Ukraine or whatever, knew what was going on right at that Mm. very moment, that people were running to shelters, that missiles were falling, that buildings were collapsing. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. So please keep praying for us. Pray for the people in Ukraine. Uh, Happily, we are not in harm's way here in Slovakia, but many of our friends um, and acquaintances and believers that we know and others uh, are in harm's way, and this is a serious time. So, um, but we're grateful. We're grateful to all of you that are listening, that are praying, that are supporting us, who are praying for Ukraine. Thank you, and please keep it up. 
Yes. So, Josh, how long have we actually been here in Jelena now? Well, we were just talking that over, and it turns out it's just, it's been a little over three months, which is hard to believe. Yeah, it is. So does it actually feel like three months? Or, like, to me, it kind of feels like a lot longer. I, I'd say, on it depends on how you think about it, but yeah, I'd, I would agree. It seems like it's been a lot longer. In some ways, it seems kind of like another lifetime when we lived mm-hmm. back in Ukraine and we had our life there. So there's been so much change and so many things happening, both in our family and really all over Europe. But uh, one thing that is happening this week that we want to tell you about is that we're going to be moving to a new house. Yes. Um, so to date, we have been living in an apartment in the middle of town, and that has been really a nice place for us. But this week, we're making a change. and We're going to be moving out to a house located uh, just outside of Jelena. So Josh, tell us a little about how that came about. Yeah. So I want to say again, like Kelsey did, this house that we're living in or the apartment that we're living in here on this little street called Lenchova uh, has been really nice. It's a very new building. We've enjoyed it. The only problem is that it's a bit small for our family. It's something like half the size of the house that we lived in when we were in Lviv. Mm-hmm. Um and so we've, you know, we kind of find ourselves tripping over one another and it's hard to find places for everything and all right. of that. And um, anyway, we had a lease here for three months. And recently, um, this was maybe a month ago, we learned that in order for us to obtain our temporary residency here in Slovakia, which we've been working on, as many of you know, in order to do that, we would need to show at least a one-year lease that we had signed somewhere. And so we started thinking, well, if we're going to have to sign a one-year lease, maybe it would be better to try to find something bigger um, if we're gonna if we're gonna actually end up staying that long or sign papers to say that we'll be staying that long, right? It seems so, like we needed more room. Yeah, so we did some checking, and sure enough, we found a place uh, outside the city um, that was significantly. It's not as big as what we have in Lviv, but it's significantly bigger than what we're in in this apartment. And it's a house. It's a standalone house with a yard in a little village called Moish, just outside. Which Jelena. for us, that's going to be kind of a first. I mean, we've never lived with our family. The only time we've lived in a house was when we got our first rental property in right. Fort Worth and we lived in it for, I don't know, three or four months or something while we were, while yeah, we were in the like States. That. But we've never actually lived in a house and had a yard <laughs> and just our, our kids are kind of you know, interested to see how that will go. Yeah, I know Abby wants to learn to mow the grass. (laughs) Yeah, that's big on her priority list. So So we already have built-in lawn care. Um, But anyway, yeah, it was quite a process to get the lease signed on this house, and it drug out for the better part of June. Um, There were several times when we thought it was going to fall through. We really actually did think it wasn't going to go through several times, and we were asking God to really lead us. And so we're grateful that in the end it's worked out. Um, we have signed the the lease, and um, we're supposed to get the keys to the house tomorrow. So right. tomorrow begins a big week for us, um, just getting boxes packed and trying to transition out there. And um, so that'll it's a beautiful it's a beautiful village. It's uh, very quaint, and all the houses are well cared for and have little flower boxes, and mm-hmm. and uh, all around is this gorgeous mountain scenery. Um, yeah. Really driving out there, I was just kind of wowed, like are we really going to get to live here? This is kind of cool. So even though um, we're away from home, away from Ukraine, we, you know, in the meantime, are are blessed to get to live in this spot. So, And by the way, I want to just mention, I know there have been a few of you that have sent letters and cards to us uh, at our current apartment here, and we're really grateful for that. But obviously, our address is about to change. So if you were thinking of mailing us something, uh, please don't until we have an updated address. If you already have sent something by mail, in the last couple of weeks, and it's not gotten here yet, um, maybe drop me a line on email, and we'll see about trying to get that forwarded. Um, but there, there's going to be a time where we're, we're changing here. 
Sure. So, Josh, a minute ago, you mentioned our residency in Slovakia and signing a one-year lease. Uh, some of our friends have asked kind of how that process and paperwork is going. So maybe give us a few words about that. Yeah. And just as a before I even answer that question, just kind of as a reminder um, about the residency, at least as we see it right now, our purpose in getting residency is to provide us with the flexibility to come in and out of Europe as needed, given the current war situation in Ukraine. Our long-term goal remains to be in Ukraine, to be focused on that country, to live again in Lviv. But it's impossible to know, you know what kind of a time frame we'll be looking at because of the uncertainty of war. And we feel like that obtaining this residency in Slovakia will give us the flexibility if we if we get to the point where we, we feel it's safe to go back to Lviv, but we have that Slovak residency in our pockets, that should give us the flexibility to come back to Slovakia again if things should should worsen or what have you. But to get around, Kels, to the question that you asked there, um, things are going really slowly. And interestingly enough, it's not necessarily the Slovak government that is the holdup. They they require us to get a background check from our FBI in the States. Right. And so the first step to doing that is to provide fingerprints to the FBI. And that has proven to be very difficult. In, in theory, it's simple. You put your fingerprints on a piece of paper, you send it in, and they do your background check. We did it the first time, and there were all kinds of hiccups. We didn't send the right authorization page signed, so we had to do that. And each of each of the responses we've gotten from them has taken a couple of weeks. Right. And we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. A couple of weeks will go by, and then we'll get a response and find out they didn't have something they needed or something didn't go through. Most recently, we got a response from them saying that Kelsey's fingerprints were not good enough quality for them to be able to actually run <laughs> <Yeah>. the test. <laughs> I was like, I know, uh, I can't open my iPhone with them either. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So um, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think fingerprints would be so hard, but yeah, I'm, I'm. In fairness, I've never really had to do them before, but it turns out it's a, it's something of an art. I've been watching YouTube videos about it, and um, we have put a lot of ink on paper in recent days, and so. on our fingers. I mean, it and stays on, on there for a yeah. while. <laughs> As we write this episode, I have still got ink kind of under my fingernails from the from the fingerprints. So the 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 current situation is that we've taken a new set of fingerprints for Kelsey. And those are being sent off tomorrow. This time we did three full sets, hoping that at mm-hmm. least one of them would go through. And um, we learned a bit more about how to roll our finger and get a real broad yeah. swath. But even so, you get too much ink and you get blots. And, you know, we really had to figure out the process. Like you, you know, ink your finger and then like blot it off on a, on a napkin and then, you know, stamp it on the paper. And it was this whole thing, you know, it just took this this learning curve. Right. To try to just... And in the meantime, we've <clears throat> gotten, you know, we, we got the response back on Kelsey's fingerprints that they were not adequate. And right. so we've resubmitted. We suspect that we may get a similar response on my finger because we did them the same way. We kind of know now, we, we think we know the mistake we made, but mine has not come back yet. So we can't resubmit until we find out if mine were accepted or not. So long story short, just pray that we can get the background check done quickly with the FBI because until we get that, we can't really progress any further here on the Slovak side. Right. Yeah. And just to remind people, we kind of have a grace period right now of uh, we've been here longer than 90 days, which typically is the limit, but there's kind of a, a COVID emergency right. state. And so because of that, the the restrictions related to foreigners are not as rigid, I guess. And yeah. so- In Slovakia. Right, in, in Slovakia. And so we, we have that, we're kind of, you know, enjoying that grace period right now, but we don't know how long that will last and we need to get this process going if, if God wills. So we, we just need to pray about that. Yes. Um, let's talk a little now about the ETO team, and it's been a while. Um, what is happening with the various members of the team? 
So Josh, where is everybody and what's everybody up to? Yeah, some of you may remember, we used to work with this group called Euroteam Outreach, and we had a group of people, and we all lived in Ukraine, and we did stuff. (laughs) Um, And it turns out we still do. Now, we're not all in Ukraine, but um, all joking aside, ETO is still going. Uh, We've not closed it down or anything. And so, But I thought it would be interesting to just mention briefly where everybody is and what they're doing. Um, so firstly, um, our, one of our Ukrainian team members is Serhi Chapada. We've talked about him in recent days. And he is still in Ukraine, but unfortunately, he's not able to work directly with us right now in a ministry capacity because he has been called into active duty with the Ukrainian military. He went through training uh, near Lviv, and he's currently stationed in Odessa. Um, and so, which is not one of the hottest zones in the conflict, but not a, not a fully safe place either. Right. Definitely combat zone or, or it's a, I would not an active combat zone, but it's, it's, it's definitely in Russia's sites, but it, it gets, that way. yeah, it gets fired. And, yeah. So, and while said he is serving in the military in Odessa, his wife, Natalia and their two children are back in Germany. They were in Germany before some of you who heard our episode, uh, the first one in our new voices from Ukraine series. Um, we interviewed Serhi and Natalia. She had come back with the children for a time, but then he was called into the military, and so they've gone back to Germany. So that's kind of where the Chapada family is. Uh, meanwhile, the Day family, Nathan and Caitlin and their children, who have been with us for many, many years, uh, going back from before uh, Nathan and I were, were married to our wives, we met while we were still single guys. Yeah, but you've he, known Nathan now longer than you've known me. Uh, that's right, yeah, by a little bit. Yeah, by Nathan, bit, Nathan and I met in Thailand, both young single guys. And um, But anyway, the days are back in the U.S. Um, they had actually planned a, a kind of a furlough trip to the U.S. before the war broke, before they knew anything about that. But they are in the U.S. right now, and um, they have been up in Colorado visiting Nathan's parents. And they are just about to, like this week or mm-hmm. in a yep. few days here, just yeah. about to transition back down to Texas, to Houston, where, where Caitlin's parents live. And they're going to be renting a small house there for the remainder of their, um, of their furlough. So they're looking forward to getting back to some stability. They've not been in evac mode per se, but they've also been traveling. And as we all know, there's a lot of upheaval when it comes to family routine and things like that and so i know they're excited to be able to settle down and you know that allows for more you know remote work in the ministry and so forth so um, please keep praying for um for the days and for the chapatas also um, one of our team members that um, some of you may not know as well is tanya harasimova now tanya is the wife of my longtime friend ruslan um, they are Ukrainian from Lviv, and Ruslan is the guy that I lived with when I first went to Ukraine. When I was single, he was single at the time. I went there, and we rented an apartment together, and for like over two years, he and I lived in this apartment, and I learned speaking Ukrainian with Ruslan. And that right. was my early days in the church there. I was playing guitar for the music group and just doing everything I could. Um, and we have stayed friends all these years. Um, uh, he's married Tanya, and they have three, three kids. Um, but anyway, uh, early in the middle of last year, uh, for a variety of reasons, we asked Tanya if she would like to join our team and learn about um, managing the Bible Correspondence Course, grading students, and we felt like she had some things that she could bring to the table that would help us expand our reach and and uh, and expand you know Bible First and the ministry and so forth. So. 
At the time, it didn't work out for her to serve on a regular basis, although she did kind of learn some of the ropes and we got some of the initial connections set up. Well, then when said he, when it, when it became clear that he was going to be going into the military, we kind of reactivated her, brought her in again mm-hmm. and said he started training her, showing her how to do the course and so forth. And now we have sort of transitioned over to Tanya and to, and to some degree also her husband, Ruslan, being our main ministry liaisons for ETO in Ukraine. Um, so Tanya is Tanya and Ruslan together are are sending out these shipments of good and evil books as those requests come in. Um, they are picking up mail that comes in for the course. They are grading the lessons, um, and so we're really grateful for them being there. Um, at the time, they have opted to stay in Lviv. Right, because we wouldn't be able to operate the course from here because a lot a lot of these students are doing the paper based lessons. Right. And you have to be able to. And we, we have a gro- we have a growing office. number of students that are online only only, and of course that can be managed with just an internet connection. But we still have quite a number of students that get our paper lessons. Even some that do their quiz online or are tracked online still like getting the paper lesson in the mail. And so obviously, in order to do that, we have to have somebody there on the ground in Lviv that can check the PO mm-hmm. box, receive and send the lessons, get things printed, manage. We still maintain an office there that has a lot of materials, both um, materials for. Bible first, and also other booklets that we've translated and printed over the years are good and evil. Um, the remaining stores of the good and evil books that we have are stored there. So, sure. mm-hmm. so anyway, Tanya and Ruslan Harasimov are um, are there in in Lviv, and they are main liaisons right now for ETO. Um, and then lastly, we have the Sargent family, Ben and Karen Sargent. Ben is one of our board members, and they have not ever been based in Ukraine, although they have both been to Ukraine. Uh, ben has been over here for a lot of CMO projects. They live in Virginia, and I believe they are still in the process of building a house there, and that's been kind of a, a bit of a whirlwind for their family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben is one of those that has been instrumental in um, in starting and leading the RMO projects, which is kind of like a CMO transplant we've talked about yes. in the past. Rocky Mountain Outreach. The Rocky Mountain Outreach, exactly. And uh, they just finished uh, their most recent project a couple of weeks ago. Nathan was actually able to be a part of that. And they did some evangelism and some chalk art and some hiking in the mountains and different things. So anyway, and of course, our family is here in Slovakia. So we are kind of spread across the globe right now, but we are committed to our ministry. We are still committed to advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people that we find ourselves near and um, mm-hmm. it, we don't exactly know how everything's going to look tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. But the ministries that we've started are still moving forward. These, uh, our team members are still with us and each of them mm-hmm. is doing what they can to move the ball forward. So thank you for praying for ETO and for the work that we're doing. Good. Yeah. And speaking of moving forward, um, we've talked several times on the podcast about the upcoming printing of Good and Evil. Mm, And I think if I understand correctly, that's due to happen very soon. Very soon. Yes. Right. So um, the update on that is that uh, we should be hopefully starting the presses rolling this week. Um, Fantastic. As as you might expect with a a project like this, there's a lot of prep work that goes into it. We want to make sure that that there are no regressions or, or problems with the book and that all the pages are correct. Plus, this time we um, we decided to make some changes to the book. We're doing a special edition of Good and Evil that is focused on um, uh, on the, the current conflict in Ukraine. It's called the Ukrainian Freedom Edition. And the, the content of the book, as far as Good and Evil is concerned, is exactly the same, all, yes. all the main content. But we've, we have updated the design of the cover to add a, a Ukrainian flag. It really came out nicely. I'm excited 
for folks to see it. We've also added a special foreword that I wrote kind of directly addressing the struggle uh, between good and evil that the Ukrainians are experiencing. And our hope is that by tying in some of these current world events, this will make the book even more attractive and more interesting to people um, that find one in their hands and therefore lead to them reading it and coming to know the Lord. For sure. And there's a gospel presentation in that forward as well. There is. There is. And of course, the, the whole book is a, is a massive gospel presentation yes. itself. So yes. anyway, we're very excited about this. We're very grateful to NGJ and all those who have contributed through NGJ to finance this printing. Um, we'll be printing 15,000 copies to start with. It's possible we may even print more as d- depending on how quickly these go out. Um, but we reviewed the final PDF last week. There were only a couple of minor corrections. Those should have been made by now. And so, Lord willing, the presses will be rolling this week. Um, One thing in particular uh, that we'd like you to pray for is the logistics. This is a larger quantity of books than we've ever dealt with before in our ministry. And so, you know, 15,000, you know, good and evil books are not little pamphlets. They're big, big. thick, heavy books. I think a box holds 20. Is that right? Yeah, a case holds 20. A case holds 20. And um, uh, That's a lot of cases. Yeah, that's a lot of cases. I don't have the math in front of me, but we're talking about a lot of books, pallets and pallets and pallets of books. So then will that and come so, to Lviv? Is that, yes. The, okay. the current plan is that the lion's share of that will ship to Lviv, and Lviv will become our, our main distribution point. Um, so pray for transportation, pray for pray that we'll be able to find a good place to store these books, whether that's um, you know putting them in a container or a warehouse. We've got some leads, but because we've been so busy with other things, we haven't actually been able to chase them down. So we need to make sure that when the book comes off the or is finished printing, that we'll have a good place to store it and that we'll be able to put together a network of people that can help us get it out. The networking side shouldn't be hard. In recent weeks, we have been putting out good and evil books from our existing stash um, faster than we ever have in mm, our history. I mean, they're okay. going out like hotcakes. We're, we're, I don't know exactly the count we have, but we're down to a few boxes left, and our, our last batch will be totally spent. And mm. these, these, uh, these books are going on to, on to humanitarian aid trucks, vans. They're getting shipped all over the place. Um, we've got you know pastors and mission organizations that are contacting us trying to get quantities of them to use in their own ministries. So that's exciting to see those going out. And um, we're, we're excited to see this new Freedom Edition going out. We think it's going to be even more um, attractive and effective uh, as, as people read it here in Ukraine. So, yeah, you were telling me this week that you had given some good and evil books to some Ukrainian ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh has been driving for Camp Jelena. He'll, he'll take Ukrainians to the hospital or the train station or different places as, as needs come up. And so, I don't know, you drove several times this week and you gave out several several copies of Good and Evil. And I found myself kind of regretting that it wasn't the Freedom Edition. Yes. You didn't have that, <laughs> that special, you know, and, and that special forward and everything for them. But we're excited for those to get in the hands of Ukrainians. Yeah. Well, moving on, our family made a trip recently as a whole family to the capital of Slovakia, um, Bratislava. And we were able to visit a Ukrainian-speaking church there. Um, this is a church that was actually started four years ago, but now they're actually serving a lot more Ukrainians due to the war because, of course, a lot of people have come out to uh, Slovakia. Right. So, Josh, tell us how you met the pastor and kind of we we got that liaison going. and Right. Yeah. To be quite honest, I don't remember exactly how I met him. When we were in the process of evacuating, 
we were getting just inundated with emails and calls. And some of it was people that were contacting us uh, to try and help us find a place to go. Some of it was ministry ideas and collaboration requests and things. But somewhere in all of the uh, all of the chaos of that evacuation, I got in touch with this pastor named Victor, who is, he's from Ukraine. He's actually from the, the oblast next to the Lviv oblast. It's called Ternopil. Um, but he's been in Slovakia for a number of years, three, four years, something like that, as a missionary there, has a small church. And now with the war, his church has been growing. There's all these Ukrainians that are coming mm-hmm. uh, because they've been displaced and they're in Bratislava. So um, a few weeks ago when we were, I believe it was when we went down to pick up our van with Abigail, um, we were able to finally meet him face to face. And I sat down with him. We had some coffee and talked about ideas and stuff. And we agreed that a good first step would be for our family to come and visit the church and kind of do a ministry day there. And um, and so that's what we did. We um, it took us a couple of weeks to get it together. But two weeks ago for Sunday, our family mm-hmm. got in our nice blue van with air conditioning and music and the yeah. whole bit. We were so excited and uh, <laughs> took a road trip over to Bratislava, which is uh, mostly uh, mostly to our west, but a little bit south, about two-hour drive and um, we, uh, I preached a, a short message at the church there, and we sang a couple of songs as a family, and it was good. We, it was Ukrainian. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, it feels so wonderful to to speak to and minister to these people uh, in the language that we know, the people that we've come to to love mm-hmm. and to be so close to over the years. Um, so that was wonderful. And the the gist of the message that I gave was the importance of speaking. Um, and of continuing to let our voice be heard in a ministry capacity during the storms of life, during times that are difficult, to resist the temptation to to kind of draw back or hide or slink into the shadows, but instead to be all the more bold and vocal in the message of Christ. And so, at the end of the at the end of that message, um, I I suggested to them that one easy practical way to do this is to to let your voice be heard and to minister is to use this good book we have called Good and Evil, and I showed them a copy of what it is. We left three cases down there, and we encouraged every family to take a copy, um, and that the uh, the church could use them in their own ministry if they wanted to. And they started going like hotcakes. They actually, this church had a kind of a book table out in the foyer in the back. Yeah, they had some nice books back there, uh, and yeah. we could barely get the books from the box onto the table before they were just like snatched up. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I think about somewhere around half of them had already been taken by different folks by the time we left, and we were able to leave a uh, you know a couple of case and a half or so. Of, uh, of backstock for them to use in their own ministry. So that was a great connection. We'll see where that leads in the future. There's been some talk about some uh, some future collaboration there, but um, regardless, it was a great time to just minister to Ukrainians, to preach the gospel, to spread out some more good and evil books and make some more connections. Good. And you mentioned, I think, that while we were there, we sang a couple of songs as a family. Yep. Um, and that was good practice for us. Um, we've been, that's something our family has been developing is our ability to sing publicly together. Yes. And we think that that might be a way that we could minister to groups of Ukrainians. Um, it just seems like kind of a big splash when you bring in a, a big family right. and smiling kids <clears throat> and they sing in Ukrainian and people just really kind of are, it's a, it's a magnet, you know, that they, yeah. they're attracted to. Um, and so we've thought about that as a, a ministry means. Um, and this was kind of a good chance for us to practice, um, do a couple songs there. Um, and so we've since been working on having a repertoire ready of songs that we could do. Um, there's some we want to learn 
uh, by memory some Ukrainian folk songs that are you know would be an encouragement to Ukrainians to hear. Uh, we want to get try to get our little kids involved. So far, they they don't really participate on stage, and so we'd like to get some songs that involve the little kids. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, we're working on that as a family. Hosanna recently got her first guitar. Yes. Some of you may have seen she's played the ukulele <clears throat> up until now, and she got right. she got quite good very quickly she at did. chord changes and knowing her chords and so forth. And so we felt like it'd be a, the problem is the ukulele doesn't project very far right. very much and you can't plug it in um on the stage with a cord and so we uh, she recently got her first guitar and she's really excited about using that uh, but it is it's a little bit of a learning curve for her so she'll need right. some time there and let me just interject that the the transition from the ukulele to the guitar that was definitely her idea she taught herself the ukulele she really liked it but she's been asking like oh dad i'd love to be able to to learn to play the guitar like you do and can i hold your guitar can i try some of my chords on it whatever right. and so this has been something we've been talking about and the other day we took her down to the music store we picked out a little guitar it's about a three-quarter size guitar it has a it has a um a pickup so we can plug it into the to the mixer uh, if we play together on stage and uh, so yeah that's going to be exciting and it just fits her personality to Mm -hmm. i think if she can become good at it she'll always enjoy having being able to carry the guitar around she attracts people to her and you know just using music in that way will be it's a real good fit for her um so let's transition now josh and talk about bible first um can you talk about what has been happening with our course and the students who are in ukraine i know we touched on it a little bit with tanya and ruslan but tell us a little bit more about that yes so um to clarify for anybody that might have been wondering um the bible first program has continued on now as you might as you might guess there have been some delays due to the war um, some people that have gotten their lessons through mail uh, may have had the mail delayed or not been able to get their lessons if they were in a combat zone or whatever. But by and large, Bible First has continued moving on. Um, uh, as I talked about earlier, said he was our course manager for a long time. He's not able to serve directly with us at the moment because he's in active military duty. Um, but as I mentioned, Tanya has come online and uh, she's been working on that. So the in a nutshell, yes, the course is definitely still going. It's moving forward. There are new people uh, signing up for the course, studying. At present, we kind of have a backlog of students that are waiting for their lessons to be graded because um, during the transition period, we just kind of got behind. Sure, but there's still right. some good movement there. We still have new ideas. And really, despite the difficulties that are introduced by the war and some of the some of the, I don't know, the delays or the 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 bumps in the road that we've experienced, really, I think this is the kind of situation where a ministry like Bible First really shines. Um, because Bible First, as we've talked about so many times in the past, being a distance learning course, um, whether that's through the mail or or the online format, it allows us to touch people all over the planet, really, right. even if we're not near them. And right now, there are so many people that we'd like to be near that we can't be near because of mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. So many people um, would like to be in one place and they find themselves in another place. But the beauty of the Bible First program is that it lets people uh, study the Bible, not only on their own, but with a coach moving through our program as long as they have either a smartphone, a laptop, uh, a post office box, something like that. Um, right. And even a Ukrainian living in Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic, sorry, or wherever, you know, right. Hungary, they could 
sign up for the course and be reading it in their own language. That's right. And, you know, have a coach and, and the whole bit. Yeah. And we haven't had just the time and capacity to really focus on promoting the course here yet in Slovakia to Ukrainians mm -hmm. that we know or in other places in Europe. But that is definitely on the horizon. Um, and we're excited to see this course grow, to see more people get involved in it. Um, so please keep praying for Bible first. We're excited about what's going on. There's more work to be done on the web application. If I can just <laughs> get my ducks in a row mm -hmm. and get back to programming, there's still there's still more features that need to be built out there. Um, so yeah, that's a little quick update for you on Bible first. Excellent. Well, before we bring this episode to a close, I want to give a big shout out to my parents, uh, yes. Danny and Cindy Powell. They have been with us Ooh. now for two months, and that's just amazing that they were able to give that much time out yes. of their lives and you know, schedules and come over here. Um, they have helped us. They have met a ton of needs for us. Uh, they helped, especially with getting our homeschool back on track and staying consistent, especially with some of the younger kids. They spent a lot of time with the children and they're going to be helping us with our move this week before they, before they leave here. Um, I just feel like we've kind of gotten our feet back under us, you know, having had their extra hands and, and help, and for me, certainly, I've been refreshed and restored personally mm. in a lot of ways, just having a little bit less on my plate. So they're going to actually be leaving this, well, next weekend, uh, right. so a week from today, and making their way back to the U.S. Um, so we're going to miss them. We've yes. had a great time together, but we're super thankful for the Amen. time we were able to have and the time that they gave to us and to the Lord. So thanks, Mom and Dad. We yes. love you. Thank you so much, Mom and Dad. We love you so much. It's so it's been such a blessing to have you here, um, to see how you have just sacrificed and served and been with our family and supported us during this time. We, we're very, very blessed. Good. Well, Josh, let's wrap this up. Um, any last words before we close out this episode? Just a few things. Uh, I know this may sound like a broken record, but let me remind our listeners the war in Ukraine has not ended. It is going on. It is hot. It is dangerous. Um, at the moment, it seems like missile strikes are picking up again. Certainly today's massive uh, countrywide strike was uh, was a major one. Um, also, as a reminder, please keep praying for our Slovak residency. Uh, we feel like that's a very, a very important strategic point for our family that will allow us to remain mobile and flexible and, and serve and minister to people um, here in, in Eastern Europe. Uh, at the moment, we're kind of marooned here until that goes through. And of course, as we said, the big holdup right now is the fingerprints um, with the FBI. So just pray that all of that would go through smoothly, that we'd be able to get the residency quickly and have that behind us. Yeah, and I just was going to say, too, that... Um if you keep praying for our family, we're, you know, we're doing well. We're about to, of course, move to a new house and all of that. But I think that we've just experienced a lot of changes yeah. in our ministry and in our family life and where we live. And we're in a foreign country to us country now. And I think that sometimes the shock wave from those changes takes a while before it mm -hmm. kind of catches up with you. And all of a sudden you kind of just are under this mountain of either pressure or, or discouragement or trying to figure things out. And, you, you don't always make the connection that, oh, yeah, you know, we went through all this stuff. So, right. but anyway, we just need wisdom from the Lord and endurance and guidance. And um, we need to be able to make good decisions going forward. Yeah. So we, we're grateful. We thank you for, for praying for our family. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy living in another country and ministering as a family, but all the more when you're displaced and everything that's been going on here, it's, there are times when you just kind of sit back and shake your head and think, wow, Lord, how are we going to go on? What's going 
where is this all going to end? And yet we know that he is with us, he's leading us, and we're trusting him. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are bedrocks of our faith, that he gives us grace, he gives us strength. And it's through these times, through these storms, um, that our relationship with him and his faithfulness and his power really shine. These are the one these are the times that we look back on, that we tell stories about, that we share with our kids to illustrate to them the power and the faithfulness of God. So um, so yeah, pray for us and uh, we are we are grateful to be serving a uh, compassionate, loving and powerful God. That's right. And thanks for listening. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We're grateful to all of you for everything, for your support, your prayers. Have a wonderful day. And may God bless Ukraine. Нехай Бог благословить Україну.